Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. I thank you, Father, that it will speak to our hearts and it will change our lives. I ask that you'd give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying to us today. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. But listen, let's start in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. I'm going to bring that up on the screen here. Now, we're talking today about uh, prayer and how God answers prayer and the process of God in prayer. And we're going to touch on that this morning. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, uh, he tells us here, Paul says, continue earnestly in prayer. So how are we supposed to pray? Earnestly, Okay saying, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. God wants us to to be earnest in prayer and be diligent to do it, but also to be thankful. And um, I like what it says in the Amplified Bible. It says, being alert and focused in your prayer life. And the reason why we need to be alert and focused is because sometimes our prayers are not answered as quickly as we would like. How many would say amen to that? We live in a drive-through society. We like to go through the McDonald's drive-through and if we don't get our meal in three minutes, you know, we're upset. We're honking the horn, and, right? But how many know with God, sometimes there's a process of preparation for the promise. And so God is preparing us. He's processing us so we can handle the promises that he has for us. And so we need to be, as Paul says, persistent and devoted and be focused with an attitude of gratitude. And so I always say to people, when you pray for something, you pray once, and then the rest of your prayer should be thanking God for the promise that's on its way. Amen? And so today, I want to talk at a Psalm 145, verse 18, because there's a secret to drawing close to God or drawing God close to you. How many want to know what that secret is? All right. It says here in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is near to all. To who? Is that part? Are you part of the all? Right? So the Lord is close to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. And so we have two principles here. First of all, we need to call upon the Lord. Like, I don't know about you guys, sometimes I have trials and tribulations. Sometimes I find myself in the valley when I want to be on the mountain. How many have been there? And sometimes I call my dad, my earthly father. Hey, dad, can you help me out? Or I'll call a friend or I call a, a, some, one of the staff members and say, I really need help, right? Uh, and, and we have to learn sometimes not always to call on people first, but to call on God. And here's a promise in Scripture. If you call upon God and call upon Him in truth, all that means is that Jesus is the way, He's the and He's the life. And so no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So we have to come to the Father through Jesus, and we call upon Him, and He comes near. Isn't that an awesome promise? And sometimes it's easy to get discouraged because we don't see our prayers answered as quickly as we'd like to see them answered. And Luke chapter 18, verse 1 Jesus says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And so today what I want to do is give you a message that will help you not to lose heart, not to give up when you don't see the answer right away because God has a timing and a purpose for everything. All right? So we're going to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 8. And Jesus gives us a lesson here on prayer. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites are people who say one thing and do another. Anyone know one? No, just kidding. Don't answer. Don't put your hand up. All right? Who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where people, everyone can see them. 
Okay, and, and Jesus goes, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So if you're all about just your public image, I want to look spiritual, I want to pray in public, I want to shout hallelujah at church, but you don't have a private life with God, you're not going to get any reward. The only reward you're going to get is a reward of men praising you up and saying, oh, they're so spiritual. What's important here is what we read about here in verse 6. But when you pray... Go away by yourself. How, where do you go? By yourself. Look who says, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And then your father who sees everything will reward you. And I love this because God is a rewarder. How many know we serve a God who's awesome? God wants to reward you with good gifts, right? He's blessed you with all spiritual gifts and Everything's been given to you. God loves you. The Bible says if you come to him, you must believe that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I don't serve a stingy God. How about you guys? Right? God wants to reward you. And look what it says here in verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And so prayer is fellowship with God. You know, God wants to have fellowship with you and I. So we don't have to be repetitious in our prayers. So many people just pray the same thing every day uh, for the last 20 years and wondering why we're not seeing results, uh, like just running a mantra off. But God heard you the first time. And he just wants time with you alone. And when you ask, ask and then thank him for what he's going to bring your way. All right? And so I want to pull a couple great principles from the scripture today, and I want to introduce you to a couple people, Zechariah and Elizabeth. You guys heard of them? Yeah. He was a priest. We're going to read about it here in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. They're good people. Say they're good people. I mean, they're right with God. They're following the commands of the Lord. They're, they're doing pretty good. He's a priest. And, and the scripture is telling us that they, they were doing pretty good. And verse 7 says, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. How many have ever felt spiritually barren? And they were both well advanced in years. Okay. Let's read on. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense, which he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. So he was always serving in the temple. This time was different. Because an angel appeared. How many know that would, your knees would have fellowship one with another? You would be just, just terrified if you saw this thing standing here. And the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. I want, you to, I want you to hear, look at this for a second. Your prayer is heard. Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? It's present. The angel comes before the Lord and says, your prayer is heard, present tense. He didn't say, I heard your prayers years ago. He says, I hear your prayer now. See, God lives 
outside of time. It's not that it's past or future. Everything's present with God. God is moving now. And look what he says. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. So the prayer is heard present tense, and and the prayer was, God, would you grant my wife and me a child? She's barren. Would you open her womb? Could she have kids? Now, here's the thing. He was praying that years ago and had stopped praying that prayer. How do you know? Well, let's read on. The angel goes on to say, you're going to have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of John. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Pretty good promise, right? And the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And everything that I just read to you right now, Zechariah probably went over his head because he was still trying to figure out, how am I going to have a kid? So what did you say, Gabriel, about my kid? I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to have a kid because he says in the next verse, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man. And he's very wise. This is what he says next. And my wife is also well along in years. He didn't call her old, so that tells you he's wise. It's like, I've got to watch what I say or I'll be on the couch tonight. So I'm old. She's well advanced. And, uh, but he's probably thinking to himself, you know, listen, I've stopped praying about this years ago because my wife is well along in years and I'm old. If she can't produce children, I can't. Well, we'll leave it there. It's just not going to happen. How is this going to happen? We're too old. We can't bear children. It's, it just can't happen. And look what the angel says. And I want you to see something. He was actually praying in hope and not in faith. How many of you have done that? You're praying for something continuously. Then when God shows up to answer, you can't believe he's answering it. I was just doing like I just thought it was good to pray. I didn't actually think you were going to answer. Right? And this is where Zechariah is at. In the natural, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And the angel said, answered him and said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God Almighty. Look what he says. And I came to you to tell you some good news, to give you glad tidings. Right, King James, glad tidings. Great joy. Look at this. But, say but. Because you, behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And I'm telling you right now, there's a word of the Lord for you. There's something that God has spoken to you. And here's the thing. That word will be fulfilled in the right time. There's a process that God has in preparing you for the promise. How many know we have to be prepared for the promise? So God zipped the lip of Zechariah and said, you're not going to be able to talk for a while because you didn't believe me. And so here's the thing. God has a timeline for your prayers to be answered. The first scripture I talked about, don't lose heart. Right? God has a time. He's going to answer. He's preparing you. God has a timeline for your journey. And we want it now. 
You know, my oldest son, Josiah, he got his license this week. Let's give him a hand. That's awesome. And so, he, you know, there's a process now to get your license. You've got to get your G1. And then mom and dad drive with the student there for about eight months, and we're nervous, and, you know, slow down, you know, break a little more, you know, and they put up with us. We, we, our nerves are shot, and we do that for about eight months, right? <laughs> then after that, if they want to get good insurance, and it's wise, they take driving school, they take driving school. Then they go for a test, a final test. And uh, there's a process, say a process. So the process prepared him to take our vehicle the other day, and he asked for the vehicle, and, and we said, okay, here you go, son. Take the car. I'm just kidding. We trust you. So he goes out, and, you know, he drives around with our vehicle now. We're, we're, we're okay, but there's a process to prepare him for the promise, for the responsibility. Now, when I was 16, some of you remember this, you're older, uh, there wasn't much of a process. Like the month, uh, the, the four weeks before I turned 16, I just did a little test there, a um, little written test, and then you had to hand it in, and then they said, okay, the, sixth, the day of my birthday, man, I went and wrote my, my license, and then I did the young drivers after. I got, it, was just, it was just messed up. There was no process. So I wasn't prepared. And I got in the car, and, and many of us were there. We got in, and you come, yeah, I'm, I'm a man now. I can drive, and you're all excited. And, 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 and so I went to work with my dad on Saturday, a few days after I had my license. And I said, Dad, can I take your truck and go get us a French fry? And he's like, all right, and here you go. And I, t- I grab the keys, and I'm, yeah, and I get out, and I start up the truck, and I go to the corner to get a French fry. This is in Toronto. And uh, the process prepares you so that you're not self-focused, right? God prepares you. He humbles you through a process so that it's, so you're not cocky. When, jo- when Joseph, when Joseph was, got a word from God that his father and his brothers were all going to bow down at his feet and, and he would lead them, uh, God was not going to allow a cocky teenager to be the man to do that. He had to go through a process of preparation so that he could handle the promise. And so I got my French fry, and I got in the truck, and, uh, you know, tunes cranking, and this girl walks by in front of the truck, and she's about my age. And I look at her, and I wink, you know. I'm cool. And I started backing up, and bam, I hit something. I'm like, who put that Cadillac there? And I took out the side of the passenger side of this Cadillac, and... I just, like, I was not prepared because it was all about me, right? Like, I'm cool. I got my license. Bam, right? And sometimes we want God to answer our prayer and give us something that we're not ready for. And God looks down from heaven, and you got a young girl who's saying, God, I really want a prince. God, would you bring me Prince Charming? And God is like, well, you sleep until noon every day. You burn water. You haven't, you know, you're not doing good in school. You don't listen to your parents. I can't send you a prince. All right? I got to turn you into a princess. 
So God starts sending people around you to help you learn to cook and to clean and take care of yourself, right? So that God can make you a princess so you can handle the prince when he comes. So sometimes we're in a process that God is preparing us for. And God's timing was like, I'm going to send John, who he's going to prepare the way for Jesus. But I have to prepare Zachariah. I got to prepare Elizabeth because there's a season and there's a time for everything. And sometimes we lose heart because we want the season, we want it now. And we think that God, it's like God comes and answers a prayer and he says, I hear your prayers. And you're like, I was praying for that 20 years ago. But God hears now is the appointed time. Amen? So Josiah went through a process. Now, when he was three years old, we were in Sweden. He hadn't gone through the process. And my uncle left his keys in the Volvo. So we're in the cottage talking and drinking, having fika, which is snacks and tea. And we're just doing the Swedish thing. And, and all of a sudden, Joan, Josiah comes running in the house. He's three years old. He's like, car bloken, car bloken. We're like, what's bloken mean? Car is bloken, son? Car bloken, twee, twee. We're like, what? So we come outside and the Volvo has gone into a tree. Because... Josiah saw that there were keys in the ignition. He thought, wow, I'm going to drive. And he's three years old. Turned the key. It was a standard. And it was in gear. And into the ditch and hit a tree. So how many know he hadn't gone through the process? (laughs) So God doesn't want us to run our, our Volvos into any trees. He wants us to be prepared, right? So part of the process of answered prayer is God begins with the preparation of you. So you can handle the promise. Amen? And so we see here how Zechariah answered. Zechariah came to the Lord and he said, how can this happen? I'm too old. It's impossible in the natural. But how many know when you're at the end and all you have is the natural, God puts a super on it and becomes supernatural. Amen. God will take care of us, and he has a time and a season if we don't lose heart. We keep thanking him and trusting the sovereignty of God, that God is able to bring us and deliver at the right time. Amen? Amen. And so let's look at another person here, a very powerful woman of God, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It's same angel shows up. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall be called Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him his throne, uh, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. Amen. And that's why we have Christmas, because Jesus is about to come. And then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Very good question. She's a virgin. She's not married yet. And look what the angel says. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. 
okay? Angels don't have couches, didn't matter, okay? And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen? Elizabeth was known as the one who was barren, and God changed it. And the angel is telling Mary that nothing is impossible. In verse 38, then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And that's, that is why Mary is such a woman of faith, because she said, let it, the promise, be to me, delivered to me, according to your word. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be able to trust him and his sovereignty and his ability to answer our prayers, that when we get a promise from God, whether it's in the secret place of prayer or whether it's through the pages of Scripture that God enlightens something to our spirit, that we're able to say, let it be to me according to your word, and I trust you. And this is what Mary did. And after that, the Bible says the angel departed from her. I want to get you guys to stand. We're going to do a little exercise together. All right. So it says here, I want you to repeat after me. We're going to, we're going to read this together, these promises, okay? I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I prosper in everything I put my hands to. I have prosperity in all areas of my life. I take every thought captive unto the obedience of Jesus Christ, casting down every imagination, every high lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I cast all my cares on the Lord, for he cares for me. Okay? Next one. I do not have a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. I do not fear. I am not guilty. I am not passive about anything, but I deal with all things in my life immediately. Okay? I do not judge my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus after the flesh. I am a spiritual man and am judged by no one. I have been set free. I am free to love, to worship to trust with no fear of rejection or from being hurt. I do not hate or walk in unforgiveness. I am anointed of God for ministry. And now we're going to say what Mary said. Lord, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen? And what we do is put the onus on God. He's the one that declared it. He's the one who will fulfill it. But we have to be in faith. We have to say, God, don't say, well, God, it's impossible. I've been praying for my son for 20 years, and he's still back. No, say, no, let it be to me according to your word. And what that does is it moves heaven. It's called faith. And, and you won't receive anything from God unless you believe. How many can say amen to that? Amen. amen. So let's move on here. You guys may be seated. So I love um, what happens here is Mary and Elizabeth meet, and they have a conversation. And when Mary meets with Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby jumps in the womb because of the presence of God. And says, man, you know, Elizabeth is like, isn't this great? We're both having kids together, and, you know, mine's going to prepare the way, and then yours is going to be the Lord. And, you know, this is really, and they're just having a great talk. 
We're chatting it out like we would do. And look what Elizabeth says here to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 45. It says here, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And I, want, I wanted you to focus on the word here, believed. What if Mary wouldn't have believed? Would God, you know, because obviously God has laid out his plan in Scripture. We see the fulfillment of the word. Would he, would he had to have used another handmaiden? He might have. But she believed. Blessed, I want you to say, blessed am I who believe. For there will be fulfillment of those things which the Lord has told me. Amen? Whatever that promise is, I want to encourage you as we're going to this Christmas season to begin to have the heart and attitude of Mary. Both impossible situations. Having a baby in your old age is impossible. Having, you know, having a baby uh, without having a husband is impossible. Both impossible situations, two different responses. Let us be the latter and let's follow in Mary's footsteps. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Hebrews 11:6 says it, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Father, this morning I just pray, Lord, that you would just maybe a Christmas gift this year would be because I, you know, my kids make a Christmas list. And I guess my list today, God, is that you would just remind us of the promises just by your spirit, remind us of the promises that you've spoken to our hearts that, like Zechariah, we've kind of forgotten about. We put on the burner. But God, I believe that today you want to say, today your prayer is heard, present tense. God, that you would revive faith for those promises, for there's an appointed time. And I believe that there's an appointed time even now for some of those promises to bring fruition in our lives. To you be all the glory. So, God, this week, just remind us of those promises. May we come back to that place of prayer and thanksgiving for that which you have promised, for it will be done in your time. And all God's people said, amen. Father, I pray for your people today. I pray this week, um, as we go, that we will just be reminded this week in the busyness of all the shopping and the gift giving, that we'll remember the giver of the greatest gift, Jesus Christ, that we will honor Jesus this Christmas season. If you're here or you're watching on live stream, if you've never received the gift of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is the time to do that. Just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you and I ask that you take me on a journey. Come live in my heart in Jesus' name. All you have to do is say something simple like that from the heart. God hears the heart not the words. He hears the heart. You will be saved, the scripture says. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.